Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his extreme knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Welcome into another edition of Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow and myself here to talk about the top 10 uh, tax questions for retirees and 10 or so somewhere in that neighborhood for 2023. I mean, hey, it makes sense to go ahead and have this conversation with Tony. It's playing with the tax man for Pete's sake. So we got to get into that conversation with him. Tony is a CPA and a CFP and EA of 27 plus years in the industry. So we're going to go through it's uh, right. In fact, it's right in the middle of, uh, you know, kind of tax time. We're taping this on Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. hopefully everybody has a good Valentine's Day. It is getting ready for tax time. But Tony, let's break down a few of the top questions and just kind of help folks with a few things to think about uh, to get themselves ready for not just, you know, the annual tax, you know, prep, but also, uh, you know, the actual year-long tax planning uh, and yes. things as we move further, you know, through retirement, not, not just the uh, the history look of that thing. How you doing, my friend? I've been doing good. You know, the, you say Valentine's Day today and that's right. Got a lot of a lot of people, you know, coming in dropping off their taxes now that everybody's kind of starting to get most of their documents. You know, their focus is. Oh uh, yeah. And of course, we just had the Super Bowl with all the ads on the Super Bowl. You know, everybody's thinking about it now. All of a sudden, so. yeah, true, very true. It's, uh, busy. Well, well, you know, and in what you do, because you have both sides of the coin, really, because you are mm-hmm. a financial planner as well as a CPA, right? You, you look at really. Uh, this stuff through multiple lenses, which I think is a nice benefit as well. So, and tax prep is that annual thing, but like most CPAs look at that's, that's history, right? It's like the year that was, whereas I think working with someone who does financial planning and the CPA, they're not only taking care of the past year, but they're really looking at how things are going to affect future years. So let's dive in, talk about some of that from that aspect, let you give us, uh, because there's a lot of them here, so we'll see how many we can Mm -hmm. get through. But uh, tax implications of withdrawing money is number one from different accounts. Uh, This is important because we talk about like bucket strategies. People are used to hearing that. Well, there's also kind of tax bucket strategies, if you will. Yeah, there is. And all of these things we're going to talk about, I would caveat right off the bat is to make sure especially as a retiree, you know, you're talking to your advisor, whether it be your financial advisor, your tax advisor, or both. Right. But because all of this, you know, really can affect your taxes negatively if done improperly, which I have seen a lot. But, you know, taking money out of retirement plans, the the IRS doesn't make it easy for us because they have different rules for, you know, almost everything. Right. And, you know, depending on which type of retirement plan you take it out of, for example, you know, say you're starting to pull money out of your 401k. It's just a traditional 401k. And, you know, that money's never been taxed. So that's going to be added to your taxable income, which, you know, you're probably not gonna have any penalties on it if you're above 59 and a half, but you want to make sure that, you know, you're not just blanketly pulling a bunch of money out and then you've got other money coming in as well. And all of a sudden you got a huge tax bill. That's the other thing. A lot of this leads to uh, surprises at tax time, if not done properly. So you have to pay attention to that because the 401ks are different than the Ross. You know, they're different from just pulling money out of a, you know, a taxable type of investment account, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, all of that, this should be taken into account with some tax planning. Well, how you and where you pull money from is going to affect number two, which is Social yeah. Security yes. benefits being taxed. People still get very confused by this. So can you explain to us some of the, some of the rules on this, uh, on how it works? Because this is a thing. It can happen. It can happen. And a lot of people get confused on, 
you know, them reducing your Social Security versus taxing your Social Security. And so if you are full retirement age, and it depends on all of us now, or, or you know, depending on when you were born, but once you're full retirement age, you know, they, they can't reduce your benefits, but they can and will tax it depending on how much other income you have coming in from other sources like we just talked about, number one, or maybe you're still working, you know, things like that. So what happens is, is in a nutshell, if you make a little too much money from other sources, then all of a sudden they have this kind of backdoor tax. They start taxing your Social Security. Now, it's not they're not taking your Social Security. It's just like income. They're just taxing it. The tax is not 100 percent. So it isn't like, you know, you're being robbed completely. But, you know, it does make a difference because a lot of people aren't withholding anything from their Social Security benefits. And then if they add it to their income, then all of a sudden, again, they have that surprise tax bill and they're asking us, well, hey, what happened? And we say, well, you know, your Social Security, part of it's being taxed or they can tax all the way up to 85% of it. Yeah. Again, people get confused. Oh, that my God, that my tax rate's 85%. No, they're just taxing 85% of the benefit at whatever your tax rate is. Right. And and, uh, and, and so it's based on income, right? So how you're pulling money out of your other retirement accounts so there's ways to be strategic so that we're not getting too crazy and not and not hitting that highest number on Social Security, right? That's correct. You know, there, there's different ways to pull money out and then at least fill up certain, well, you know, we call them tax brackets or buckets because yeah. unfortunately for us, there isn't just one tax rate. You know, for, for every filing status, there's five to seven. And so, you know, it's very easy to jump into the next one and then get a bunch of money taxed at a little higher rate. So yep. that's where the planning comes in is to trying to maximize that. Yeah, I think most people still get confused by that, too. Not every dollar you if you're, let's say, in the 22 percent tax bracket, not every dollar you have coming in is at 22 percent. Uh, it's it, not. It's know, incremental. It, yeah. Yeah, it's incremental. You know, and so you got your marginal tax rate, which is the tax on the last the next dollar you receive. And then your effective tax rate is kind of the average, you know, but even for somebody, you know, that's single, you know, let's say, I mean, the, the top 22% rate's about 89000 for a 22, but anything over that, any dollar over that, then it's, everything's, you know, 24, and then it jumps all the way up to 32, you know, yeah. so it, it can get, it can get uh, tax, taxi in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it get, you know. gets heavy. Yeah, it starts to yeah. hurt. All right. Yep. Number three, taxation of pension. Uh, is that different at all? Is there anything for folks to think about there or know there? Well, it, it's again, uh, it's a technical thing, depending on what type of pension you have. But and, and an some example. states waive this, right? Depending, on where, you, depending on where you live, yeah. yeah. Iowa now, on the state level, is not taxing uh, pension income for retirees. And I think it's kind of a way. They just passed this, by the way, for twenty three and beyond. I think it's a way to because they always taxed retiree income before, maybe to try to keep people here, you know, in their retiree mm-hmm. uh, retired years, but. Some of it, though, is even taxable at the federal level, like for a lot of our, our big pension, which here is IPERS. Some of uh, distribution is taxable, you know, at the federal level, and some of it is exempt, you know, and of course, that's up to IPERS. They figure all that out for you. But if some of it's taxable at the federal level, again, you know, you've got that same deal of now all of a sudden we've got to make sure that, you know, we're not paying or we're not getting a tax surprise and we don't have enough withheld from you know our pension incomes. Okay. All right. Number four. The Secure Act the first time, and also the Secure Act 2.0 passing. Anything there that could affect income and taxes? Obviously, they move the RMD age, so it does RMDs, yeah. give you a little bit of wiggle room for some other strategizing. Anything you know there you want to enlighten us on? Well, I, I I've been talking to a lot of people about uh, the RMDs, you know, with, with the Secure Act, 
which I, I think for a lot of my clients really, uh, you know, is going to benefit them because a lot of them don't really need or want to start taking the money out. And so if they can postpone it, I think that's, you know, that I think that's an advantage, uh, truly, of course. I think, too, though, I mean, they've changed some things, you know, with with the Roths and some incentives to participate. But as far as retirees go, I, I you know, I, I talked to them mostly about, uh, you know, possibly deferring some of this and, and, you know, keeping it growing a little bit longer if they can. Yeah. I mean, I know there's lots of different little things in, in, in there, so it's certainly wise to, and since the Secure Act 2.0 is still pretty new and they're still trying to decipher a ton of what they put in there, it's certainly worth making sure that you talk with your financial professional and CPA uh, as to anything that might change for your scenario. Any special tax deductions or credits that are available for retirees at all? Well, they they are. And backing up to the Secure Act, I, I think we were sure. talking about last time possibly doing a, a podcast on that 2.0, you know, like later in March, April, once kind of some of this the dust settles. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, it, it can get technical, but we don't want to we don't want to you know get too far off in the weeds with it. But it's something to think about. But tax deductions or credits for retirees. I mean, there are, there are some. You know, I mean, you know, the the tax deductions. Of course, a lot of retirees, depending on what their other income is, um, they have a lot of out of pocket medical. They are paying for a lot of supplemental health insurance that we see at least in our, in our client base is enough to trigger uh, you know deductibility on some of that so we always tell them to make sure that they're keeping track of that where the younger people uh, they 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 can't get over the thresholds you know uh, very much uh, there's those there's some credits you know if you're disabled or of course if you're blind you okay. know, things like that mm-hmm. um, that you might be able to take advantage of Again, if if you're even remotely asking, I wouldn't be afraid to ask your advisor. Um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you think it's kind of you know ridiculous. I mean, it, 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 there could be some deductibility there, so I would definitely ask if you've got some kind of situation. Yeah, going. and they and they they increased the standard deduction, correct for twenty two. Uh, they did again, yeah, based on inflation here. Just kind of looking at that, you know, for married filing joint now, it's up to twenty five thousand nine hundred. Uh, you do get an additional uh, fourteen hundred for you know if you're sixty five or older, so that kind of bumps it up a little bit for you too. Gotcha. Um, okay. You know that that's that's theirs, and same way with um, being blind. But um, I think the biggest thing that we see besides that, like of course, would be the medical. Um, you know, for most of them. Another one too. I don't even know if it's on our list. Let me look down. Yeah, it is. It's actually number eight. But we could talk about it a little bit because a lot of retirees like to make. Uh, contributions to charity. Um, it seems like more so than, you know, than maybe the younger people. And so I always encourage them to keep track of that, both cash and non-cash, because yeah. they do add up. And a lot of them are very, very charitable. So Yeah, tax benefits for charitable contributions, also yeah. QCDs, which could help you with your RMD, um, yeah. satisfying that goal. So yeah, that was going to be on the list. So that's good. You touched on that one as well. So that's certainly something you could look at. Um, how about uh, moving? So, you know, that's another one to consider. So maybe if you're getting close to retirement or maybe this is the year you were going to retire uh, and you're considering, or maybe it's next year, right? And you're considering moving, you know, I don't know if I would let the ultimate decision be that I'm moving to, let's say, you know, Florida, just because the tax is different. I'd be going because I'm cold and the tax is different. Right. And the tax is different. (laughs) It's just an added bonus. It's an added bonus. But people, I mean, it is something to consider. It is. And Again, Iowa is now, I mean, of course, I've been here all my life, but now all of a sudden it's a little more attractive as a retiree, other than the cold. 
is you know that you've got this this non-taxability mm-hmm. of retirement benefits, which for most you know retirees, it, it's like a, it's like a state like it, you know Florida. Now the difference is any earned income in Iowa. If you know if you're retired, you're still going to pay taxes on that. Whereas Florida and some of these states with no state income tax don't have that. So you you know again you got to kind of take a look, weigh all the options there, okay. um, because I don't know a lot of retirees in Iowa. They kind of just work for some what I call mad money, you know, and just for just to have. And here that still is taxable. But, you know, without having their retirement income taxable and Social Security now, they're they're still kind of elated. So mm, but gotcha. it is important. Yeah. 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 Something to factor in there. I mean, I think they're going to get their dollars one way or another. You know, you they think are. it's like, hey, I'm moving to this state because there's no income tax, but it may have a higher cost of living or it may have, yeah. you know, different kinds of things. Uh, a friend of mine moved to you know, Colorado. And he's like, wow, I can't believe how expensive it is out here. <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. and it's just some of the little things that he was surprised by, like, you know, tagging this vehicle and, you know, the insurance on the car, just this massive difference versus his prior state. So always little yeah. things to consider in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're talking about uh, charitable contributions. What about gifting money? Um, anything, any tax considerations there if you want to gift money to kids or grandkids? Yeah, this is an area, another just like Social Security, I think, with a lot of confusion. Uh, people always ask, you know, how much can I give to my kids, you know, without uh, paying income tax? You know, and I, I say, well, the, the, you know, if you really want to know, the threshold's extremely high because they, they kind of confuse the gift tax exemption every year, which I believe is like 16000 I got to refer to my I, I think it is. Yeah, now. I think it's either sixteen or seventeen 16, that you can 17. gift per person. Yeah. Yeah. And so I tell them, I said, well, you know, you, you can gift that much per person to avoid pay or avoid to have to file a gift tax return. But, you know, all the gift tax return really is, is a filing of the return telling the government that you used up a little bit of your lifetime exemption, which I believe is that like t- for a married filing joint, about 22 million. Now. Yeah, it's crazy high right now. Uh, yeah. it, it's very, very high. And considering, yeah, here I finally found it. So the, the gift tax for, 22, 16, 23, it's 17,000, that is. And so, you know, it, for most, you know, what we tell them is that, you know, if, if you and your wife want to gift your son and his wife, say, you know, money, you know, you each could gift them, each one of them, 16,000, you know, or 17,000, it's 34 a piece. Uh, so you're talking about a lot of money, you know, that a lot of people can't gift that right. much. Right. Yeah, it's pretty hefty. Yeah. In, in one year. But, even if you go over that, you know, you, you've got some farmland or something like that, you want to gift them $200,000, you're not going to pay any gift tax on it. We just have to file a return mm, to keep okay. in the uh, good graces of the government and yeah. tell them you use that much. But, but this could, is, is uh, this a, is this this could be a nice future strategy, though, Tony, if you're looking to bring down your complete total net worth, right, because of, let's say, because of RMDs, because of maybe converting yeah. money or or just kind of just reducing the estate size overall, if that's part of if that's part of the strategy, this could be a nice way to do a little bit of that too. It is. I mean, if you've got somebody you know with with enough uh, of an estate to possibly you know have estate taxes later on, the gifting using the annual exclusion amount is a great idea, mm-hmm. along with some other things. You know, because you got to get some of this money out of your estate uh, in order to escape that. And, you know, a lot of people are very content with just gifting the, you know, the exemption amount every year. Yep, there you at go. Le- at least, you know, trying to get it out of there. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we talk about individuals a lot. We don't do a lot. Of, sometimes we should do probably more for businesses, considering you are a business. But 
Mm-hmm. Uh, any tax you know, things to discuss real fast for a small, maybe not even a business, but maybe like retirees who go into a small or like a side hustle, right? So they go into yeah. retirement and maybe they're you know, selling paintings or they're selling uh, arts and crafts that they've made. And, you know, whatever tax ramifications you'd like to share with us from a small business or side hustle kind of thing. I would say for small business, I would keep it simple. I, w- you know, I wouldn't go into, you know, incorporating things like that unless it all of a sudden really started taking off. A lot of people t- confuse doing something for a hobby with trying to, you know, make money and have a profit motive. In other words, they'll come in and say, well, I've got this business. Here's all my expenses. And I, we ask, say, well, where, where's the income? Well, I don't, I don't make any money. And I said, well, you know, where's the sales? Well, I don't even sell anything. Well, that's a hobby. You can't deduct that. So you got to have a, a profit motive, not to say you can't lose money. And right. you can deduct that against other income, which is good. So if you are doing a side hustle, keep good records to see if you know you're making money or losing money. Obviously, if you're losing money, it's a great tax deduction, but eventually you're losing money. You know, that's money going out the door. Right. You certainly don't want to do that forever. But on the flip side, income wise, you know, it's going to be taxed and you will pay into Social Security, believe it or not, even if you're 75, 80 years old, you got to pay back in, which a lot of retirees don't like. You can escape it though. Uh, with uh, passive income like rentals. Okay. Uh, and, and speaking of, final one here, then number 10, any tax issues to discuss if you're looking? Obviously, a lot of people, the, the housing market went kind of crazy the last, you know, uh, definitely last year. There was still yeah. a lot of things pretty high. Maybe if you sold your primary residence or something like that, anything to, to consider or ponder? Well, I think the the tax ramifications here in Iowa, for the most part, it may not be the same like in, in some of the higher priced cities, uh, but you can... For married filing joint, if you've lived in the home for the last five years, it's your primary residence. You can exclude up to $500,000 of capital gain before you have to start paying any long-term capital gains, which is still taxed better than income tax rates. But mm-hmm. in Iowa, most people aren't making a $500,000 gain. And so they can get out of their home and take that gain. And well, they can do whatever they want with it. The problem is now is prices are going up, you know, when they move into something else, they kind of end up rolling the whole thing into something new, but at least you didn't pay tax. Hmm. Um, but like you were saying though, if you're downsizing, that's when it's better. If I'm taking a, you know, I sell my home for 700,000 and I paid 250 way back when Right. all of a sudden I got a $450,000 gain and I can go out and, you know, I, I got 700,000. I can go out and buy something smaller for, you know, 350. Yeah, that that money, that extra money could go in my pocket and never pay taxes on it, which is it is a nice deal. That's re- that's been around, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years now, but you know, that never used to be the case. You always mm. had to pay tax when you sold something. Okay. So a lot of little things to think about. Again, it's all part of strategizing for uh, just not only the past year, but also future years into retirement. So as usual, if you've got some questions and you need some help when it comes to how to get a tax strategy, to get a retirement strategy in place, make sure that you're reaching out to a qualified professional like Tony and his team. They are uh, Des, Moines, Des Moines Professional Alternative excuse me, at Tax Doctor Inc. And you can find them online at yourplanningpros.com. That's yourplanningpros.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Plan with the Tax Man, on Apple, Google, Spotify, all that good stuff. And again, if you need some help, reach out to Tony at yourplanningpros.com. Buddy, thanks for your time. Appreciate you. Um, I'm going to let you go because it is Valentine's Day, so I hope you guys have a great day. All right, you guys do the same. Talk to you soon. We'll see you next time right here on Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow.
Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, SM. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through an Avantax-affiliated insurance agency.